Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. All right, welcome to Youthful Idiots. I'm Katie, Katie Helper. Helper. And you're Matt Taibbi. I am. It's true, yeah. How's it going, Matt? Uh, it's going well. It's going well. We have a really important show, underscoring the word important today. A friend of show, Aaron Mate, uh, because we're going to, we're doing this show probably because we're going to be the only people um, on one side of the political spectrum who are right. going to discuss in in depth uh a recent development in a case that uh, we care about a little yes. bit and uh we're going to talk about some something else that's of massive importance Probably, i would say globe global yeah, importance global, right? colossal, yeah right so yeah. uh before we get to the food groups i think we just we have to get to that boy it's really hard to not hit a pun on the way to this this story isn't it right you know but we don't want to talk about being blown away by this story right uh yeah blown away uh we're gonna break it here yeah you can't break uh, the story yeah. yeah um we're gonna yeah. deal some deal you guys some news right yeah who, remember who, who dealt the news to you right exactly well Okay, let's just let's just let's, right, let's just let it rip. Should we let, let it rip? Let's let, let it rip. Yeah. All uh, right. Joe Biden or the new Mr. Trump? Camilla hasn't stopped talking about hearing the president break wind during chat at COP26 climate summit in Glasgow. President Joe Biden met Duchess of Cornwall during reception on Monday. They made polite small talk and Camille shocked to hear Biden break wind. Reception was hours after Biden appeared to doze off at COP26 opening. So I think maybe we, that's the, the that's the, the summary. Should we just read the article? It's not that long, and it has, or we should at least read parts of it, right? Because yeah, a I lot just of want to point out that uh, that news.com Australia had a the one that you showed first the first time. Yeah, the, the other article. Wilson Wilson sent that one. Yeah. Yeah. So if you if you look at it, the original headline. Let's see what it say. Camilla Bow Camilla Parker Bowles can't stop talking about Joe Biden's long right, but, fart. But look, look at it with what what the headline was originally in the in the, in the on the, the oh, tab. Oh, let's see what was it. Let's see. So Camilla blown away by Bart Biden's Biden's long fart. That's so much better. Why they change it? They wimped out. They didn't want. They, they wimped out. Yeah. They didn't Not, have the the fart guts. Yeah. Yeah. Do farts have guts? No. Or they come from guts. Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah. Guts is such a disgusting word when you think about it. I think it's it. a good word. I hate it. The gut really? or guts. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's I kind know. of onomatopoeia because it sounds all like acidic and gross. I like the way like sort of Yorkie English people say the guts. Oh, the know? guts. Yeah. Yeah. It's got, it's got and the, the guts Scottish to too, right? Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah, similar um, accent. yeah. So and let's see want... his face. Let's just see his face. It looks like he's does he's, that doesn't he's denying. It, it looks well, it looks like he's mid fart or smelling someone else's fart or saying, no, it wasn't me. Could be any of those. And they have a great image of Camilla uh, with a mask on. But the way that, you know, with the face 
like a normal COVID. Well, actually, it's a pretty striped mask, but it's a COVID mask. And she's, she's holding she's it up. She's got the Nancy Pelosi thing going. It's a mask that matches her it outfit. It matches the outfit, yeah. But she's holding it up. It kind of, and it definitely gives the vibe of like, oh my God, what am I smelling? I mean, it's totally irresponsible news on like 90 different levels. I mean, we, yeah. we, should, we should read the story. Yeah, okay, uh, let's read it. Yeah. Do, do you want uh, to read Daily, Sure. Daily Mail, the Daily Mail one? Yeah. Okay. They go oh, straight it's really into good. the pond. They go straight in. Yeah, they go right, right into the wind, headwinds, whatever. Yeah. Um, he is supposed to be committed to reducing emissions. But when President Joe Biden produced a little natural gas of his own at the COP26 summit, it was audible enough to make the Duchess of Cornwall blush. An informed source has told the Mail on Sunday that Camilla was taken aback to hear Biden break wind as they made polite small talk at the global climate change gathering in Glasgow last week. Guess that changed their climate globally. Um, it was a long and loud. It was long and loud and impossible to ignore. The source said Camilla hasn't stopped talking about it. The president met the Duchess during a reception on Monday at Kelvin Grove Art Gallery, attended by Prince Charles, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, and Boris Johnson. Just hours earlier, the 78-year-old, nicknamed Sleepy Joe by Donald Trump, had appeared to doze off during the opening addresses, prompting more questions from his political rivals over his fitness for office. And that's legitimate. Like, if you're a president and you you fall asleep during an event. I mean, to be fair, he's just uh, governing as he I campaigned. Mean, I, I would, I would fall asleep home. during an event, that event, probably. But, but I'm not Especially also, yeah, in office, yeah. Um, this is not the first time that Biden has faced claims that he broke wind. May 2020, Republicans, including Donald Trump Jr., posted a video clip of Biden containing a suspicious noise while live streaming in exchange with Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf. Oh, we got to find that. Hang on a second. Yeah, seriously. However, a separate video which circulated last month and was briefly trending on Twitter under Fartgate, hashtag Fartgate, was found to have been doctored to include fake flatulence. Trump Sr. is considering running in the 2024 presidential race after a year in the White House. Biden's approval ratings are at rock bottom, which polls putting with polls putting his predecessor two percentage points ahead. This summer, Johnson praised Biden as a, quote, big breath of fresh air. <laughs> on climate change compared to his predecessor. Appropriately, Biden has urged world leaders to cut methane gas emissions by 30% by the end of the decade. Uh, Cows and other... they, they, had, they had to put methane in the Methane, story. yeah. yeah. Cows and uh, other livestock contribute substantially to global methane levels. The White House declined to comment and last presidents. night. What did I say? No, no, I'm just saying and presidents oh. also could contribute. To oh, yeah, it. and presidents. Yeah. Well, I guess he needed to lower the emission to compensate for his. Well, the White House commit to farting less. Yeah, seriously, that <laughs> is that is. Yeah, that's a good question. We asked you, we asked it here, Joe. Will, will Yamiche Sindor have have the guts yeah. to, to ask, to ask that ask question? Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Anyone, if you guys do, you cite cite the cite useful idiots. So, okay, so as long as we're talking some about- people, Some people have asked, Yamish should say, what do you say to the people who say that uh, you need to uh, commit to emitting less wind? Right, right. What would your response be to such a hypothetical person? Yeah. I, I, never, I never knew about this Tom Wolf fartgate situation. There was a pretty loud, this is from BuzzFeed, there was a pretty loud fart, ner- uh, fart noise during a Joe Biden live stream, and this is from May 27, 2020. I didn't know. Politicians, they say, can be full of hot air, but 
Nice subtitle, subheadline. Okay, let's watch. Well, first of all, it looks like he just yeah, farted and he's sitting. The fart just elevated him. He's a lot taller than uh, Governor Tom Wolf. Oh, no really? One... That, that's so I got it the other way. I got it that the, the blast was so explosive that it, <laughs> that it pushed. Wolf down. Wolf down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, virtually. And and, just, and and got rid of all of his hair. All of his hair, yeah. I mean, they're in different spaces. Right. So I figured, but it could have been that Yeah, space-time continuum. Some farts get... There's actually a, a function on, on Zoom. On Zoom, yeah. That allows your, your farts to travel. Sorry, oh, go ahead. You don't have to cut those teachers and firefighters, police officers, and cut critical cut. healthcare programs, or stop work on roads and bridges. So... Oh, my God. Did you hear that? Of lack of state and local fiscal relief look like in Pennsylvania. Let's do it again. Let's hear yeah, it again. That's pretty loud. Or stop work on roads and bridges. So what does the human cause? Is that real? He definitely farted if that's real. To be fair, I did interview Adolf Reed, and it sounded a lot because the way he was moving his chair, it sounded a lot like farting. Yeah, that's not a that's not a moving around in your chair noise. No, it's not. I like the face though. Like if we if we could watch it, this is a person who has who has repeatedly farted in public and has learned and to has learned how through. to yeah to just just power through and cut critical healthcare programs or stop work on roads and bridges. So what does the human cost? Uh, it's just seamless. I think he wasn't aware he did it actually. Critical roads and bridges. What do you, you what do you think of my theory that he didn't realize he had done it? You think that's possible? It's. It's possible. I mean, and this this brings to forward the whole the whole um, the Biden sharding in in the Vatican thing. Oh yeah, right. And right. that wasn't even a shard. That was like a whole. I mean, I guess we have we we got to point out that in reality you can't do a story like this. You know, you especially can't do it if if you're going to have somebody else quoted by name. So, like, you know, obviously in court, this would be hearsay. Right. You can't say an informed, unnamed source says that Camilla Parker Bowles said that Biden farted. Now, it gets a little weird if she doesn't come out and deny the story. Right. But that's like Lind Lyndon Johnson thinking, you know, that whole thing about there's a there's a famous political story where Johnson instructed one of his aides in, a, in an early race. This is like before the presidency that uh, to accuse uh, an opponent of having sex with his pigs on his farm. Right. And uh, the guy said, you know, Jesus, Lyndon, we can't accuse the guy of being a pig fucker. And he said, right, but let the son of a bitch deny it. Right. right? So putting it out there that Camilla Parker Bowles is, is the source of this story puts the onus on her, you know, to come out and say, that's not true. I didn't hear any far. Right. But now... What now if she doesn't she, do that? Right. She hasn't, I don't think. She hasn't. She stayed silent, but deadly. Silent, but deadly. Yeah. Right. It's obviously completely silly and irresponsible and, and important. Well, no, no. We I advertised mean, at the beginning of the show. I, I, this, this, that, that's where I was going with this. There's yeah, on a scale of zero to 10 importance wise, you would normally rate this somewhere close to zero. Right. But it's With zero not... being the most important, right? <laughs> no, in rea in reality, it's like not that big of a deal. Uh, but it's this whole thing with Biden falling asleep and having some other issues. Yeah, let's it's, let's it... look at the falling asleep. 
So this is him sitting arms crossed. I get that. I feel like if you're tired, sometimes you try to cross your arms to like brace yourself back to consciousness. Right. I mean, you you add this to the whole, you know, uh, I'm so glad to be back in New Hampshire or whatever it was yeah. when he was in Vermont. Like how many times did he forget what state he was in during the campaign and, you know, taking him off the campaign trail entirely, you know, these, these stories are starting to pile up. Yeah. And then when, when we diagnose him as seeing a cactus. Oh, that's speaking right. To cactus, yeah. Yeah. Speaking, speaking to, to a, a cactus. cactus. Yeah. Look at that guy up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that happened. Do you have any other thoughts about no, I just think we needed to, you know, not a lot of people have the break, have the guts to go there, and we do. So, right. you're welcome, world. Right, you're you're right. You're welcome, world. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the four food groups this week. I guess we should start with Democrats suck. I'm gonna be petty about this. I just wanna, I wanna dive into an issue that um, we're gonna be talking about with our guests. There was a moment after the indictment of uh, Igor Danchenko, who was sort of the primary source for Christopher Steele's dossier. Uh, so after he was indicted, Adam Schiff, of all people, one of our one of our favorite politicians here, went on The View and had the following exchange, if we could see that. So I want to ask you about something that's in the news a lot right now. Um, you've been really prolific over the past few years being the head of the Intel Committee, and you defended, promoted, you even read into the congressional record the Steele dossier. Um, and we know last week the main source of the dossier was indicted by the FBI for lying about most of the key claims in that dossier. Do you have any reflections on your role in promoting this to the American people? Of course. Well, first of all, yeah. whoever lied to the FBI or lied to Christopher Steele should be prosecuted. Mm -hmm. uh, and they are. Uh, and <clears throat> unlike in the Trump administration, if they're convicted, they should go to jail, not be pardoned. Mm -hmm. uh, so Donald Trump pardoned Roger Stone for lying. He pardoned Michael Flynn for lying. Uh, if people lied to the FBI, they should go to jail. Um, but at the beginning of the Russian investigation, I said that any allegations should be investigated. We couldn't have known, for example, people were lying to Christopher Steele. So it was proper to investigate them. And let's not forget what we learned in that investigation. We learned that the Trump campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, was giving internal polling data, campaign polling data, to Russian intelligence while Russian intelligence was helping the Trump and campaign. And to be clear, he was fired halfway through the campaign. He goes on, but as as the uh, the tweeter there, the reporter Ken Vogel, who's, who's a good reporter, by the way, points out the uh, shift immediately deflected there to talk about Konstantin Kalimnik, who wasn't even in the Steele dossier. So yeah, he, he shift, the shift shift. Right, shift yeah, shift. exactly. So, uh, just to remind people how how egregious this whole thing was, um, and he's saying, "Oh, if if somebody lied to Christopher Steele, that person should um, should go to jail. That person shouldn't be pardoned." Let, let, let's just go back in time to March of 2017 when everyone was losing their minds over the Russia story, and Adam Schiff. Uh, th this was actually the for me. It was a key moment in. It was a key kind of like what the fuck moment when I thought. There was something that was either I, I thought this either has to be true or or this is like the craziest, you know, uh, sort of oppo conspiracy that I've ever seen. So here's Adam Schiff reading, um, giving a statement about the whole Russia thing. And he, he does sort of an extraordinary thing with the contents of the Steele dossier in, in this uh, in this speech. 
Here are some of the matters drawn from public sources alone, since that is all we can discuss in this setting, that concern us and we believe should First concern all, all stop, Americans. Stop just for a second. Drawn from public sources alone. Uh, what does that mean? He, he goes on to, to cite the most private of private sources, but anyway, go ahead. In early July, Carter Page, someone candidate Trump identified as one of his national security advisors, travels to Moscow on a trip approved by the Trump campaign. While in Moscow, he gives a speech critical of the United States and other Western countries for what he believes is a hypocritical focus on democratization and efforts to fight corruption. According to Christopher Steele, a, British, a former British intelligence officer who is reportedly held in high regard by US intelligence, Russian sources tell him that Page has also had a secret meeting with Igor Sechin, CEO of the Russian gas giant Rosneft. Sechin is reported to be a former KGB agent and close friend of Putin's. According to Steele's Russian sources, Page has offered brokerage fees by Sechin on a deal involving a 19% share of the company. According to Reuters, the sale of a 19.5% share of Rosneft later takes place with unknown purchasers and unknown brokerage fees. So Schiff, this is a US congressperson, and just to back up, once upon a time in fact-checking and journalism, if a member of Congress read a prepared statement, we used to consider that checked. In other words, like you didn't have to, if, if somebody read a prepared statement on the floor of Congress, we that would be good enough for us to pass a fact and, and to print because we were so sure that they would never do something that was unconfirmed uh, or wasn't at least sourced. So he goes he, in this in this moment, he says that uh, that the Steele dossier identifies Carter Page as being the potential recipient of a 19% share of brokerage fees on a 19% stake in uh, Rosneft, the share of uh, the sale of that. It's a $65 billion capital, uh, capitalization in that company. Uh, and then he says it's uh, a 19% stake later takes place, which implies that Steele correctly identified in advance without public knowledge, the size of the stake in Rosneft that was going to be sold. So he's saying that, that the, uh, an advisor to Trump has been offered this massive bribe in order to ease sanctions on Russia and he, he, he burnishes the credentials of the Steele dossier by essentially by saying, look, he guessed it right um, uh, at that time. I called the Schiff's office after that uh, and asked him if he knew, if, uh, if his office was aware that Steele had testified in a British court case that, the, that his dossier was raw and needed to be further verified. I just want to read their answer to Whoa. me. Uh, at the time, wow, this is some original. So this is well. what they said to me back then. This is this was right after that. Uh, the dossier compiled by for former British intelligence officer Christopher Steele and which was leaked publicly several several months ago contains information that may be pertinent to our investigation. This is true regardless of whether it was ever intended for public uh, dissemination. Accordingly, the committee hopes to speak with Mr. Steele in order to help substantiate or refute each of the allegations contained in the dossier. So in other words, they, they hadn't even called wow. them yet. They hadn't checked any of it yet. Not, no reporter pointed this out at the time. The thing about Steele correctly guessing the 19% size of the stake, that was in the Russian press a year before this. 
so it was publicly reported. And so he he read this whole thing in direct in, into the into the record and it spawned like thousands of news stories after this. And now he's sort of backpedaling away from the whole thing uh, and suggesting that, oh, how could we have ever known? Well, among other things, the FBI had already conducted an investigation into these sources and concluded that a lot of them were not reliable by the time he gave that speech. This was already known to the FBI. Just this this whole thing, including some of the interviews that that came out in this indictment that, that we're going to talk about with Aaron. But Adam Schiff, I don't know how many times, th- th- this is an example of a politician who's lied so many times and continues to be given huge platforms by news agencies who never call him on it. Like, right. uh, it's, you know, he, he's the one who said we have more than circumstantial evidence of of collusion and, you know, it, nothing. So uh, it's interesting that The View even hit him with that question. I think it's, it indicates that there's kind of a shift in the weather a little bit. And, we, you know, we saw The Washington Post last week started to talk about how there was new new uncertainty about some of their reporting on this stuff. They should take their own conspiracy theory test. Right, right. Exactly. Anyway, we're gonna talk, we'll talk about this stuff with with Aaron, but that that whole thing, the shift thing, it's they, you know they they can't let it go. You know they 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 just gotta they gotta keep digging on this thing. Yeah. Right. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. So what happened for Republican suck? So let's let's you know what? Let's just go to a clip from Media Matters. It kind of says it all. But uh, this is Eric Bowling uh, making some really good points about propaganda. The left still wants to grab the remaining control over you and me. A last ditch effort. Their desire to control, exert control over everything from cradle to the grave, proven day in and day out. Just this week, Big Bird from Sesame Street indoctrinating our five year olds. And I've scheduled an appointment for my grandsonny. We're leaving in a few minutes. Now, I just need to get one last thing before we go to your appointment, Big Bird. I'll be right back. All right. And look what I have here is what we needed for your vaccine Five-year-old. Get vaccinated. Yes, it's time to go, Big Bird. All right. Anyway, then the giant pigeon took to Twitter to announce to everyone how it felt about getting the shot. Not the first time these little felt communists have tried to infect the minds of our youngest and most vulnerable children. Way back in 2011, I called out Kermit, that cute little green monster commie. But I remember when I was a little kid, uh, we were poor, we were dead broke. In fact, my parents would see someone wealthy driving by, be like, see that guy, he started a business, he worked hard, you can be like that someday. Not pointing the finger at Tex Richman and saying he's a bad guy. Well, here's what happened. The Muppets were blaming an oil baron for closing down the studio. That's cute, you little oppressive Muppets. They didn't even try to hide their disdain for success by naming the guy Tex Richmond. Yeah, but I took them to task. It's bad. I just want to say, listen, Froggy, what's his name? Kermit. Miss Piggy, if you want to debate this anytime. What's time, his I'm name? What are you talking it. about? So let's bring it. Let's have maybe, I don't know, Donald Trump moderate a debate. <laughs> uh, what do you say, Kermit? 
All right, well, I called them out almost 10 years later. They never took me up on that offer. Apparently, though, me calling them out didn't sit well with one portly pink dummy who took to the media to trash me for exposing her leftist tyranny. It's yeah, almost yeah. as laughable as uh, accusing Fox News as, uh, you know, being news. <laughs> Hi, yeah. Boy, that's going to be all over the internet. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Guess what? The invite's still open, Miss Piggy. If you or your emasculated frog boyfriend, Kermit, ever wanted to join this desk, it's free. So, yeah, at first I thought they were mere ideologues. And now I think they're just stuck on stupid. just kill Kermit? I mean, they don't get it when half the country disagrees with them. It's not their job to make us acquiesce. Yeah. They need to he listen to He tipped over it. Kermit. And then we see Kermit lying on his side. Lifeless. Lifeless, on yeah, on his desk, yeah. I mean, so did you see the Big Bird, the Big Big Bird uh, thing? No. The controversy? Okay, so Big Bird tweeted, I got the COVID-19 vaccine today. My wing is feeling a little sore, but it'll give my body an extra protective boost that keeps me and others healthy. So here, let me just show you. And that, people got a little triggered here. Um, Matt, I'm putting in the chat. An unlikely figure has emerged at the center of the debate over vaccinating children against COVID-19. Sesame Street's Big Bird. Yes, the giant yellow bird who's supposed to be six years old faced a social media backlash from some conservatives after Big Bird tweeted about getting vaccinated. In the post, Big Bird wrote, my wing is feeling a little sore, but it'll give my body an extra protective boost that keeps me and others healthy. Among those taking issue with that message was Republican Senator Ted Cruz. He called it government propaganda for your five-year-old. A few hours after that, the tweet did receive a round of applause from President Biden, who tweeted, good on you, Big Bird. Getting vaccinated is the best way to keep your whole neighborhood safe. That was not the only person who was triggered by it. This uh, Robbie Starbuck, Starbuck tweeted about the Big Bird. He quote tweeted it. Five days later, Big Bird posts photo from his hospital bed. Hi, kids. I had a little heart attack, but it's very rare. I do it all over again and can't wait to get my booster. Shafindigda announcer. Sorry, kids. He's having a reaction totally not related to the shot and needs rest. And can you scroll down? Um, seven <laughs> days later, big blood clot bird is served. And it's a, a, a gif of, uh, a, a, a Turkey. For, first of all, his whole thing about Kermit. Yeah. Well, what the hell? Why is he pretending so, to not remember his name? Yeah. There's that. Also that movie was that, that was, an, that was like a really good movie. That 2011 Muppets remake. Um, I didn't see him. It's either it's Tex Richmond, I think, right? Is the name of the character? It's played by Chris Cooper, who plays oh, like he's this. Great. Yeah, who's like, a, and he plays this dim, like diabolical villain who's convinced there's oil underneath the the Muppets studio, so he like does anything that he can to like to break up the Muppets and oh, you know, get, get that's possession. Really cute. And it's 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 all it is is a plot device designed to have a bad guy try to try to move the the uh right you know, the muppets out right and bring it and threaten the muppets there's there's no ideology about capitalism or, i mean or barely even anything about greed in that in that movie it's it, it's it's literally just an excuse to create a whole bunch of bits uh if you're triggered by that you're like 
you're somebody who probably shouldn't be anywhere near like a loaded weapon. I yeah. would think, you know? Yeah, um, seriously. Get a like, grip. You need a little bit thicker skin than that. You yeah, know? you need more feathers. Right. Uh, Wendy Rogers, who's a state senator in, uh, uh, I believe, in Texas. No, sorry, Arizona state senator. She tweeted in response, Big Bird is a communist. The Republicans are so frustrating to me because they just don't know how to argue points. A communist, like a communist, really? Like, I don't know. Like, I could vaguely, vaguely see the argument that it's not necessary to drag kids into the vaccine debate. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Right? Like, the, the counter argument to that is pretty obvious, which is that kids are going to be vaccinated. So it, it, given that, um, it's probably, it might be helpful for, for them to have a trusted figure like Big Bird talking about it, making them feel like it's not so scary. Right. Right. Like it's, this is going to happen for a lot of people. It's not like convincing you to go get it. It's it's like, right. They're right. It's not like the kid is going to be like, Oh, well, I've seen the, I've seen, I'm convinced I've seen enough. Big Bird's on board. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to, now I'm going to go run and get myself a, an experimental vaccine or whatever. You know what I mean? That's not what's happening here. Um, but well, they don't want but, it normalized. They don't want this violate. They, they're taking away our freedoms. They don't want that to be normalized. I, I can't. I, I can theoretically see the argument. Like you don't want to bring anything political into a kids show. Yeah. Like you know, especially for somebody that young. But but uh, but then you got to go to. If you're going to say that he's a communist, like really, like that's just crazy. God. Well, yeah. Maybe he wants to redistribute the vaccine. And is OAN, is that like, so the, the the Fox hosts all have the same kind of hair and physique and everything, but That's these Newsmax. guys, Newsmax, Newsmax, yeah. it's, it, they're like, it, they're like Fox people, but like more so, right? Like they're like more like, unctuous. Is that it? Yeah, or, or yeah. thicker, you know, the fatter right. head, you know, I don't know. They're less waspy. Yeah, I guess I feel that's like. true. Yeah. He's the author of The Swamp, Washington's Murky Pool of Corruption and Cronyism, and how Trump can drain it. Inspirational. So for isn't that weird? You know, we got <laughs> we have a little bit of a theme, I guess, this week. Here's an AP story. No toilet for returning SpaceX crew stuck using diapers. And then there's a picture of them all holding peppers uh, in zero gravity. And here's the story. Cape Canaveral, Florida. Like they're wearing burglar pants yeah Who's that burglar uh hamburger the hamburger yeah. yeah the astronauts who will depart the international space station on sunday will be stuck using diapers on the way home because of their capsules uh broken toilet nasa astronaut megan M- MacArthur described the situation friday as suboptimal but manageable she and three crewmates will spend 20 hours in their spacex capsule from the time the hatches are closed until monday morning's playing plans hatches down. are closed splashdown mm. <laughs> the splashdown is interesting, right? It could be yeah. like a kerplunk down or something yeah, like that. Exactly, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, space flight, space flight is full of lots of little, little challenges, she said during a news conference from Orbit. This is just one more that we'll encounter and take care of in our mission, so we're not too worried about it. After a series of meetings uh, Friday, mission managers decided to bring MacArthur and the rest of her crew home before launching their replacements 
that SpaceX launch already had been delayed by more than a week by bad weather and an undisclosed medical issue involving one of the crew. I hope that medical not, issue isn't was not an upset stomach, explosive diarrhea or yeah. something. They, they also had to deal with a toilet leak. This is because it goes uh, further down the story, pull, pulling up panels in their SpaceX capsule and discovering pool, pools of urine. The problem was first noted during SpaceX's private flight in September when a tube came unglued and spilled urine beneath the floorboards, blah, blah, blah. On the culinary side, the uh, astronauts grew the first chili peppers in space, a nice moral boost. Um, sorry. I think what they mean is a nice morale boost. Morale boost, but they wrote moral. That's interesting. Uh, they got the sample they were harvesting in the past week, adding pieces of the green and red pot, red peppers to tacos. Interesting. Mm, what Matt was eating before the yeah, show. Yeah, a little fourth well stuff I was eating in yeah. taco just before the show. A little disappointing that they, the story itself doesn't give us no, more details well, about the diapers. But um, And this is where are you reading? The Washington Post? AP. AP, yeah, that's disappointing. We need the New York Post to cover this so that we have some like good poop puns first of all they, they never went there with the whole tacos right thing right like they could have made some kind of a joke like Definitely. a transition they're, ca- they're scared they're per- cowards perhaps an unintended consequence of the um of their successful growing of chili peppers was that they they ended up having to poop their drawers full of right you know tacos I mean, didn't how long have they had toilets in space on spaceships? Because I feel like didn't astronaut aren't astronaut diapers a thing? Well, depends on what kind of flight we're talking about. There was a famous uh, incident when Alan Shepard, uh, who was America, the first American in, in, in space, he actually had to pee in his suit, if I if I remember correctly. Mm. Did it like he, go up? No, he was he was only supposed to be in space for like five minutes, but he, they they kept him on the the oh, launch pad forever. I really have to pee, guys. Uh, yeah, exactly. But uh, I mean, does the pee because of no gravity? What what happens to the pee? The right, right stuff. Um, oh. No, the, you always have to go into an enclosed thing, so I, I don't know how it works. But no, but let's just say, say you're peeing in your suit, which is you're saying what happened, right? Yeah. Like what what would other what happens when there's no gravity? Well, obviously, you would the suit would have to be enclosed. I'm assuming, right? Yeah. But let's say you. I'm just curious what if you. Yeah, I guess that that's true. So that wouldn't. But what would happen if you somehow took your suit off and pooped or peed? It would fly all around the. You know, it would. Yeah. Helicopter around the the capsule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that yeah. could be a way to pass the time. I guess. I guess pass the gas. Yeah, that's the poop at the time. Yeah. All right. What do we have for Isn't That Terrible? So for Isn't That Terrible, this one Wilson uh, notified me too. And I got to say, I'm getting soft in my old age, I think, because this even made me a bit squeamish. Really? Um, yeah, let's just let's go to you're, the article. It's not like and, you're not squeamish. You're, you're No, but I'm usually really power through these penis stories. Oh, God. With, uh, yeah. Oh, no, it made you squeamish. Oh, yeah. No. OK, all right. It's true. I'm squeamish about certain things. In fact, one of the things that I'm squeamish about <laughs> is publicly pooping, which Matt apparently has a fantasy about. And this maybe well, will be a well. Actually, this will, this is actually justifies your position. Here you'll, you'll see why. Okay, let's see. I'm sorry. I didn't want to. I don't want to kink shame you or no, suggest no, you right. have a fantasy about it when you don't. No, but it's more like I understand it. You understand the urge to to take a crap in a public ice cooler in, in a, a supermarket, in a freezer. Yeah, like in a in freezer. A yeah, yeah. yeah. Man's okay, here we go. Reading from the New York uh, Post, 
And this is shout out to Sam Z four six three six zero one seven seven four on Twitter. Make sure that useful idiots gives him a follow. Man's penis rots after being bitten by snake while sitting on toilet in South Africa. So actually, this is a good argument against you for using non-toilet. So Matt, maybe this goes in your. This is a, a boon for your. Uh, position. A mm-hmm. Dutch man had to undergo reconstructive surgery on his penis after Cobra bit his manhood during a safari trip to South Africa, causing it to rot. See, even I think the story is so bad that like, I don't want to oversell it. But even the New York Post isn't using any of turns or phrases that they usually do, like not a single one so far. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. The 47 year old um, uh, victim suffered scrotal necrosis after the cold blooded serpent, which was lurking in the toilet bowl attacked according to urology case reports in what the medical journal described as the first case of snouted cobra envenomation envenomation of the genitals the unidentified man had to wait three hours before he was flown by helicopter to the nearest trauma center some 220 miles away his penis and scrotum were noted to be swollen deep purple in color and painful on hospital admission scrotal necrosis was diagnosed and he served received multiple doses of a non-specific snake venom anti-serum and broad spectrum antibiotics according to the medical report so he ex- reported vomiting and a burning sensation as well as pain that shot up from his groin into the abdomen and upper chest though he developed no neurological symptoms during the uh, ordeal he required hemodialysis due to acute kidney injury before undergoing reconstructive surgery and then they go through the surgery which sounds really painful but the good news is um the defect in the penile shaft was treated by a superficial debridement and a vacuum assisted closure pump. After nine days, the patient was repatriated to the Netherlands, where a uh, plastic surgeon performed a penile shaft debridement with extensive resection of dead tissue extending onto the corpus spongiosum to the fold of the prepudium. A graft from the groin was then placed over the penis, and he made his and he has made a full recovery. Thank God. It could have been I mean, a lot worse. How full could it be if, he, if he I don't had, know. If they had to resect dead tissue and uh, replace it with some other kind of tissue? Groin tissue. Right, but, you know, that's like Frankenpenis. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah. I mean, it right. could have killed him, and he also could have, so he could have died, and he could have lost his penis instead of just having a, I don't know, uh, let's... I hope the guy doesn't have a Franken penis, but you, you get how what I'm saying? That story is so bad that not a single, I don't th- see a single pun from the New York Post. Do you think they were scared away because it was so horrible that, that? I don't know. What do you think? Should we write a letter to the editor complaining? If we can't rely on them for penis puns, what can we rely on in this world? I I think, you know, if, you, if you're putting yourself in the in the shoes of the average male reader, this, this 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 story might cross the line into territory that you don't want to joke about. Yeah, like, I guess so. Although, yeah, like, we should. You know, we I sat on a toilet and got and and got bit by had a like a cobra bite my my penis right. and then it turned black and I had to be flown to the Netherlands and have have a dead tissue resected. Um, a story that's, that's that really not a bites. Laugher. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I exactly. shaft you not. We'll work. We'll work on it. Yeah, we'll yeah. workshop it. But but there is beautiful penis news. So so Wilson did deliver the good, the bad, and the ugly. 
uh, well, that's the bad and the ugly. And the good news is um, that the rare penis plant blooms for the first. See, when God rots a penis, he blooms another one. Rare penis plant blooms for the first time in 25 years. Experts believe that this is only the third time the aptly named Amorphophallus disus sylvi has bloomed in Europe. So let's take a look at that uh, that photo. So there you see a woman standing on a on a um, ladder to take a photo of this thing. That doesn't look like a penis to me. Aaron, welcome. Do you have anything to say about the penis plant? Not yet. No. Not yet. I'm, He's holding I'm, his tongue. Oh yeah. He's biting his tongue. So decelerating to something a little less serious. Welcome, Aaron Mate uh, of the Gray Zone, friend of show. We've we've had you on uh, many times before. So uh, of the pushback and, of the Gray Zone. Right, of the pushback of the Gray Zone. We wanted to have you on today to talk about. Obviously, there was big news last week in the RussiaGate thing. <laughs> There's been a conspicuous. Uh, I would say vacuum of attention in sort of mainstream media. Although there, there were a few things we I, I, we want to ask you about that too. But we figured this would be a good place to get into what it what's what is and is not in the indictment of Igor Denchenka. So Aaron, you've obviously covered a lot of Russiagate stories from the beginning. What is this indictment really all about, and why is it important? Well, it's just new evidence that the Steele dossier was a fraud and. What's funny to me is like, it didn't seem possible before that the steel thing could get more embarrassing. You have this, just the document itself is a joke. I mean, it's so stupid. If you, if I was reading it today, going back and it's just like, it's this like series of, it sounds like it's written by a crazy person. This like series of like claims of a high level Trump Russia conspiracy blackmail scheme. And, but what's amazing on top of what a farce it is on its own, fact this document could even be produced then you have the fact that it was used by the fbi for surveillance uh, warrant applications to spy on trump campaign volunteer carter page and also used for investigative leads like they took this document and they chased down every part of it that they could they had a spreadsheet trying to keep track of like what they could corroborate and what they couldn't of course the only things that they could corroborate were stuff that was already public by the time Steele wrote it because you know as was obvious for a long time i i pointed this out a while ago and you know. actually, that's interesting because you're one of the only people who who did point this out. Uh, well, it's just so obvious. So it's obvious. So, so the way Steele was treated in the media, right? Like the way like Rachel Maddow would report it, she'd be like, well, and the fact is, if you look at the Steele dossier, a lot of what he reported did come out to be publicly confirmed. And the whole point is that's because Steele dossier and his sources, Steele and his sources were reading in the news media stuff that came out and then writing about uh, a similar claim in their dossier. So, for example, like Steele doesn't mention anything about Russia stealing Democratic Party emails until Russia gets accused publicly of stealing Democratic Party emails. And Steele writes that there's a quid pro quo now uh, between Trump and Russia centered on the RNC changing a, a platform language about Ukraine. And Steele doesn't write that until that came out in a column in the Washington Post by Josh Rogan. And Rogan, of course, got the story totally wrong. It was really this meaningless platform change, but that was blown up in the media uh, at the time because that's when the Trump-Russia thing was getting going. And it's only after that does Steele somehow discover. And what also, so that's what's in the Steele dossier. And then what's not in the Steele dossier are any of the central characters 
who later became key Trump Russia uh, figures because they weren't publicly reported at the, by the time Steele was writing it. So like the person who kicked off the whole Trump right. Russia investigation, supposedly George Papadopoulos, he's not in the Steele dossier. Uh, neither is the Trump Tower meeting between Don Jr. and, and some Russians. Um, all these things had happened by the time Steele was writing his his reports, but the problem is they weren't in the newspapers yet. So it was just so obvious from, from that alone. I mean, put aside how ridiculous all the dumb claims were, like the P-tape, blackmail, Michael Cohen meeting with Russian hackers in Prague. I mean, you can go on and on. It was just obvious what a joke this was. So, you know, first it came out that after a year basically of lying about it, that the Clinton campaign was funding it, okay, which was hugely embarrassing for everyone who had taken the dossier seriously. It's amazing that it took that long, by the way. It is amazing. It is amazing. And it only came out because basically House Republicans, like the only people in government willing to apply some scrutiny to the intelligence community were people on the House Intelligence Committee, Cash Patel, Devin Nunes. Um, and they discovered that they got the bank records. So they forced Perkins Coy, the Clinton campaign law firm, to admit it. Um, and then it came out, you know, that like we got declassified the surveillance warrants on Carter Page, where the, the FBI was going to a FISA court four times to get surveillance warrants on this low-level Trump campaign volunteer, Carter Page. And their main source for in trying to convince the court to let them spy on Carter Page was the Steele dossier, who, which they called credible. Uh, and they, uh, of course, concealed from the FISA court that the Clinton campaign was funding the Steele dossier. So basically, they were looking to spy on a member of the Trump team based on a document that was funded by Trump's opponents. They concealed that. And they also concealed what we later found out, which is that the primary subsource, this guy who you mentioned, Igor Denchenko. I'm sorry, I'm already botching the, the correct no, it, pronunciation. Yeah, it, it's, it's probably Denchenko. Denchenko. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to just go with the American version because I don't you right. know. I, I apologize, but um, you know they also concealed that you know early on in January 2017, you know right at the beginning of relatively the whole Trump Russia thing, you know uh, you know like with it was within like you know like like the like the investigation had only been opened up a few months earlier on July 31st 2016. So January 2017, Denchenko, the Steele dossier's main source, told the FBI that it was all bullshit. That like basically corroboration was quote zero. That's that's in the headline of one of your great pieces, Matt. And that basically all the stuff he came up with was like the result of like drunken chatter with friends. So the FBI knew that, but it, um, they still went back to the FISA court and vouched for Steele and got surveillance warrants based on Steele. Uh, and anonymous intelligence officials still leaked to the media this picture. They were telling them, oh, like we're, we're looking into it and his claims are checking out. Like a lot of it is bearing out. That was leaked to CNN and to the to the into the New Yorker very early on in 2017 after they knew that this, there was nothing to the Steele dossier. So there have been a series of embarrassments. Uh, and finally, now we get this indictment of Danchenko and we learned from it that not only was Danchenko admitting privately that there was no corroboration for what he was saying, but that he we, we learned more about his supposed subsource, the people he spoke to. And they're not Russian. One of them is a guy named Charles Dolan, who's a public relations executive, who is a deep uh, Clinton world figure. He chaired Bill Clinton's uh, presidential campaign in Virginia twice. Bill Clinton appointed him to a State Department board. He was a volunteer and advisor to Hillary Clinton's presidential campaigns in 2008, 2016. And basically, while Steele uh, was making the world think that he had access to high level Kremlin sources for access for claims like the P-tape, we learned from the indictment 
that the P-tape thing probably comes from Charles Dolan. And Charles Dolan is not, does not appear to be doing this wittingly. He doesn't appear to be fabricating the P-tape thing and giving that to Denchenko, who then gives it to Steele. What happened was Denchenko and Steele, who knew each other and worked together, uh, were talking. And uh, Dolan happened to be in Moscow in June 2016, and he got a tour of the Moscow Ritz-Carlton. And one staffer told him that Trump had stayed there. And not long after that, uh, he speaks to Denchenko. And not long after that, Denchenko speaks to Steele and then still writes his first report that Trump had stayed in the Ritz-Carlton and Russians had made a P-tape of him and using that as blackmail. So basically, what it looks like is that Denchenko and Steele took Dolan's benign information about Trump staying in the presidential suite of the Ritz-Carlton and turned that into the P-tape. Uh, and we also learned that um, Denchenko spoke to another guy named Sergei Milian, who's uh, not even, who's also not Russian. He's from Belarus, but he was the head of the Russian-American Chamber of Commerce. And, you know, uh, Denchenko had claimed that Melian told him uh, some of, you know, some of the information that went into some of the Steele dossier's key claims that there was a tr big Trump-Russia conspiracy. It turns out that Denchenko and Melian never even spoke, you know? Right. So it just gets, it just gets, it just gets a whole lot uh, more hilarious. Yeah, there's an, uh, there's an amazing section in the indictment where, so the whole thing about Melian is confusing, but the, the whole, the idea is that um, Denchenko or however we're pronouncing it, um, he he told allegedly told Steele that Million was his source for a lot of this stuff. Um, the indictment lays out that what actually happened was that uh, Danchenko was uh, was trying to get an interview with Million, but never was never answered. Um, supposedly he he set up a meeting with him in New York, but we find out that what he actually did is that he went to New York uh, with his family uh, and then went to the Bronx Zoo, among other things. So there's never any contact with Million. I guess the question is, do we know whether the the, the P-tape, was that an invention of Danchenko or is that is that steel? Is there anything that about this that clears that up at all? What Danchenko said is that he told Steele about the P-tape, but he said it was rumor and speculation. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, so it looks like basically it did come from Danchenko, but he's saying, he's trying to say that Steele, you know, did not independently corroborate it, you know, uh, surprise, surprise. And that, you know, he stressed to, to Steele that it was rumor and speculation, that it wasn't credible. I mean, look, regardless, I mean, whether Danchenko invented it or Steele or, or both, it's just Steele is a clown. Right. Uh, he, you know, he and he presented to the world that he had access to all these high level Kremlin sources. And really, it was this guy, Igor Denchenko, who doesn't have access to really to the Kremlin. He has much, much better access to the Beltway because, he, you know, he lives in D.C. He worked for a long time at the Brookings Institute, um, you know, a mainstream liberal think tank, also with deep ties to Clinton. And one of his key sources is a Clinton world figure, um, which raises just many, many ironies. I mean. And again, I don't think Dolan, it doesn't look as if Dolan knew that he was being part of a Clinton funded, you know, disinformation operation. But just the fact that one of the key sources that ends up providing information that goes into it comes from the Clinton world. And another irony there that, that for all like the like, you know, hyperventilating for four years about these possible Trump Russia connections. I mean, does does Russia hold financial leverage over Trump and what have you? It this Dolan figure is another example that the Clinton world has far deeper ties to Russia than anything that they could find out about Trump because Dolan worked for the Russian government and did PR for them and had contact with a number of senior 
Russian officials. And that also helped inspire, I guess, another key dossier claim, which is that they said that the, there was some Russian embassy official in Washington who was recalled and he went back to Washington. Right. And the picture we got like Kalugan. Yeah. 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 And what we were told in the media uh, was that uh, or like what Steele said was that he was recalled because Moscow feared that his role in the Russian interference operation would get exposed. Right. And there's so many funny clips of this, like like McClatchy, which really humiliated itself with Russiagate. They did such great work during the Iraq war. But on Russiagate, McClatchy humiliated itself. They claimed to have basically corroboration of Michael Cohen going to Prague because of some cell phone signals pinging, Michael Cohen's cell phone gets pinging in Prague or near Prague or something. Anyway, but so McClatchy did a story about this and Rachel Maddow, of course, and Matt, you pointed this out in your story, uh, you know, she, to, she dragged it all out. She put it. She put it. Yeah, oh my God. Let's take gotta, let's take a look at your at your piece. I put it in the chat, uh, Wilson. And then maybe we should watch yeah. some of that segment because it's yeah, so we funny. Should. Cause, let's, yeah, because she let's spends like she spends like six minutes or something on just this one claim about this diplomat. And basically, uh, so the so the steel claim, the steel Maddow claim, is that this diplomat was recalled from Washington because cr the Kremlin feared that his role in the Russian interference operation would get exposed. And Maddow was like, well, you know, he was recalled. That's true. It did happen. And that she suggests that that's proof that Steele is right. Now we learn from the indictment what actually happened, which is that basically Dolan and this guy were in touch because Dolan was deeply tied with Russia. And so Dolan was told months in advance by both this embassy official and by another embassy official in, in the Russian embassy in, in Washington that he was going to be recalled. And he, he passed that to Denchenko. And that led that then led to steal uh, and Denchenko coming up with this fiction that he was like some operative for the Russian interference operation. And that was, it was based on a friendship between uh, Dolan and, and this Russian diplomat uh, because this guy works heavily for, uh, because Dolan is very involved with Russia. He worked for Russia. And I don't think personally, I don't think there's anything wrong with working for Russia or knowing Russians, talking to Russians, but the premise of this whole Russia thing for four years is that it's somehow nefarious to speak to Russians. And that's why when they couldn't un uncover a Trump-Russia conspiracy, the talking point shifted to the Mueller investigation uncovered Trump contacts with Russians. Uh, that's literally what Marshall Cohen of CNN wrote recently, that, that he said that the Mueller report found Trump associates contacting with Russians. Like, yeah, people speak to people with Russian passports, and it's only a nefarious thing if you believe there's this underlying conspiracy behind it. And of course, there's no evidence for that as this latest indictment uh, only underscores. So that's interesting. So this is this was actually one of uh, Steele's few pieces of original reporting was the, the business about Kalugin being dismissed, but it came from this Clinton world figure, Dolan. Matt and Aaron, when, when you guys see like a new document coming out, what's the sensation? Uh, <laughs> and how many times do you read them? Matt, go ahead. <laughs> that's a good question though. Is it like yeah. cool or do you just... well? What's what? Just so just to stop on this for a second, like it, it's interesting because I think we're like about six months past the point where serious journalists will still try to argue with you that there's something there. Like I haven't had any, I haven't had any anybody like arguing with me via email um, about this stuff for a while now, so. Most of this is all for for me. I, a lot of it is just for the humor value at this point. Right. Uh, but it, it I, I definitely feel like 
there is a little bit of a Christmas morning kind of a feel to these indictments because the, the, you're finding out stuff that you, we just couldn't learn. Like we tried for years to find right. out what, what the deal with this stuff was. I can't tell you how many times I asked, like, well, how do they know this or that? Um, and now we're getting some some answers theoretically because indictments aren't proof necessarily. But um, they, there's some of this stuff is confirmed. I don't know. Aaron, how do you feel about it? I mean, I, I love it. It's it is like a, a kid on Christmas morning for me, because, look, this was a you know, I spent a lot of time on this story and there was a time when there were so many people vested in making me feel like uh you know, like I was like colossally on the wrong side. It's going to end my career. And I, it's like, you know, and that 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 results from probably spending too much time paying attention to Twitter. But, you know, the accumulation of that for so long and just the way the media was so vested in this, it, it was a lonely time. It, it, it was. And but I I also knew that eventually all this stuff would come out because it was just so ridiculous. Did you? I, I did, of course, because it was so obvious from the way the Mueller team wrote their indictments. And the way you know news accounts went were at the bottom, they would bury the 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 acknowledgments that there's no evidence for all the innuendo. I, I knew it would come, and so it's just hilarious. And like in this Durham indictment, there's there for, personally for me, there's funny things. Like I mentioned before that I've been warning, I've been saying for a long time that it was obvious that Steele and his, his sources were just good at reading the newspaper and coming right. up with you know claims based on some approximate resemblance to what was in the news, right? And that's exactly what Durham says about Dolan, where Dolan told Durham that, yeah, I just read something in the news about Manafort being dismissed, and then I fabricated something based on that. So, you know, uh, but it's not surprising because it was, it was, this thing is just, is, 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 is ridiculous. And the only worry I have is that we're not going to get the full truth because I think there's just so much more to learn. You know, as you guys know, I challenge the very premise of this thing, which is that Russia stole the emails I, you know, if I had to bet, I just don't think that's true based on all the evidence that's come out. And I wonder if Durham is going to go there. I hope he does, because there's just so much more to learn. Right. Did you ever have a moment where you thought, like, maybe I'm maybe I'm losing my mind? Is that possible? Well, you I know, what's funny? One of those. there was one time when I slipped. <clears throat> there was one time when I slipped <laughs> when when uh, when the Don Jr. thing came out, Don Jr. Mm -hmm. and like uh, where he this said, this is what you say it is. I love it. What and, is it? Can uh, you explain what this is? So, Sorry. you know, this is it, probably this is probably um, June of 2017. June, around then it must have been. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was June of 2017 that it came out that Don Jr. had written to Rob Goldstone, a music publicist who was working for um, some Russians who Trump knew, including like a, a pop star and an oligarch that basically uh, Goldstone had written to Don Jr. saying there are some Russians who um, have some information on behalf of the Russian government that would be helpful uh, concerning Hillary Clinton's dealings with Russia that would be helpful to you and your campaign. And the media response to that was like, this is the smoking gun, this is it. And before I read the full email chain, I, I just kind of read a news account. And I was like, oh man, like, what if this really is it? You know, and like, I, I did get a little bit shook there, like for, for a second, but then I read the thing and I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is this is classic Russia Gate. It was obvious that you know that the whole that whole thing was basically a music publicist. This guy Rob Goldstone was making stuff up to try to get John Jr.'s interest. And John John Jr. said, "If this is what you say it is, I love it." And of course, what happened was they had that meeting, and nothing came of it, as the Mueller report even notes. And in fact, another irony is that those Russians who went to that meeting at Trump Tower with Don Jr. 
uh, were working, or, or the, the key Russian, uh, this lawyer named Natalia Vetsanotskaya, she was working with Fusion GPS, the firm behind the Steele dossier. So, you know, that's just, but that was the one moment where I, I was, for a second, I was scared. Matt, you said you had one recently? No, no, no. I, there, 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 were, there were a couple of times during the, in the first year or so where it wasn't anything specific like that. Although the, 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 the when that one came out, I, I, I definitely hesitated for a few minutes uh, because the way the, the way the email was worded was basically like, would you like to accept the state sponsored aid of, of the Russian government to help you and, uh, you know, defeat Hillary Clinton? It, 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 you know, it was the, the way it was written in the news was 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 pretty bad. Uh, but I, more than that, I just I had like generalized moments of my entire like mental process must be corrupted because everything that I'm reading tells me that this is basically bullshit. And yeah. if I'm wrong about that, then I, it, it has to be like a pretty serious disease. Like this isn't this isn't something <laughs> you that's reach gonna, out like, to to Aaron or Glenn or something. Uh, I think we've Make all sure. kind of talked about this, like a. a you know, during that time, we all there were we, we, we were all talking to each other. And I'm sure this came up once or twice. But um, I did have the thought that, yeah, if I'm wrong about this, then it's it's not going to be something that, that, you know, you can give me a couple of lorazepams and we'll right. fix it. Like it's, it's probably serious, but it's hard um, when everyone buys into it, including friends, uh, including yeah. colleagues. And a lot of my former colleagues bought into it, you know, and it's awkward. It makes it really awkward, but yeah, uh, definitely and, was, you know, yeah. but uh, it's, you know, if you, you know, and the problem is people don't have, most people don't have the time to read all these long documents and all this stuff, you know, so I get why some people fell for it because, it, you know, it takes a bit of time, but it's obvious now that this, you know, that this definitely. thing was a scam. Anyway, let's look, let's, let's look at yeah. this, this Rachel thing. Let's look thing. at the, vi the videotape. Just from a journalism point, this is another question. Is this more damning to the people who are being talked about in the indictment or is it more damning to the media? Because like like episodes like this end up looking so bad in my opinion. But but let's let's take a look, let's watch it first and then, then we'll talk about that. And to hear the rest of the interview, please go to usefulidiots.substack.com. That was great. It was. Aaron Aaron's great. Katie it, does it make you uncomfortable, like when we geek out about this stuff? Not uncomfortable, no. I think Aaron and I are probably the. I think we're probably the two sickest. Yeah, I think disease. I think you're the most. Yeah, yeah. Right. I get it though. Like not even no. Glenn is is no is as, not at uh, all. Not even close. No, he's got other interests in life. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, he's on Twitter for other things. Right. <laughs> exactly. No, but it's it's interesting stuff, and, and I think the uh, you know the, the that whole issue with Bernie is I think that's going to come up again, right? Like this this question of like why why couldn't they reach a whole bunch of voters that were there for the taking? That's 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 a question that I think we're we're going to have to revisit. Mm -hmm. Like I think I think this is kind of this this Russia thing was kind of a, a lesson in in uh, a lost opportunity I for that. So, so um, might be something we could talk about again at some other time. Yeah. But uh, all right, cool. Anything else? Uh, no, that's it. Rate, review on iTunes, subscribe. Uh, come to our Monday mornings show, which is a live YouTube show at 10 a.m. on Mondays, where we go over the Sunday morning shows. Subscribe on YouTube so you don't miss those. YouTube.com slash Useful Idiots. Subscribe on Substack to our Useful Idiots, our very own Useful Idiots. All those things. All those things. All right. So. Well, thanks for hanging in with us. And we'll see you again next week. See you next week. Right, take care. 
Hello, thank you so much for listening to and watching Useful Idiots. For full episodes and extended interviews, please subscribe at usefulidiots.substack.com. You can subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash usefulidiots for clips, live streams, and full episodes. Also, subscribe to us wherever you find your podcast. Follow us on Twitter at usefulidiotpod and use the hashtag usefulidiotspod. Join us Mondays at 10 a.m. for the Useful Idiots Monday Morning Show, where we discuss the Sunday morning news shows so you don't have to watch them. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.